So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to our Kardashian season two, episode nine recap. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. This was such a good episode. Em, that was amazing. Like I am still reeling from it and I feel so goddamn validated because I've been saying this entire time, I have confidence in Kim when no one else did that she would not cut Pete from the Met episode and she did not. And I feel so good about that. Seeing him pop on my screen was probably one of the best feelings ever. And you're 100% right. And I am so fucking glad that you're right. But I stand by my hesitation. No, I, I understand your hesitation entirely. I felt that I was exhibiting almost delusional optimism, but that's just the thing that Kim can bring out of me. And you know, <laughs> Kim, <laughs> you are 100% of the time on any given day experiencing delusional optimism. <laughs> I am. I stand by that. But I don't think it's the kind of thing where she just gave us some bits and pieces and she cut out a lot of him. I genuinely think that this is probably how the episode was filmed. Like, No part of me thinks that he was the focal point of this episode, even if they were still together. No, I, we got the perfect amount of him. Like truly exactly what I would have wanted. Not what I thought, but exactly what I would have wanted. Don't you think that if they were still dating today, that he probably would not be in that much more of the episode? Like I think Kim was very intentional in making this her moment about her. He, obviously he was a part of that, but I don't even think he was in the room or, or at least in the smaller room when she was like in the heavy midst of glam. No, because first of all, that would have been way too stressful for her. But the only thing that I could have seen us maybe getting, and even this is kind of a stretch, is if they were still together, maybe there would have been some sort of confessional about how he felt she looked or how he felt the night went. Yes. Okay, that's fair. There probably would have been an additional confessional. I don't think there would have been that much more footage of him. No. And by the way, the episode was not at all lacking without that confessional. Like to me, this was a perfect Kardashian episode. You got the behind the scenes of a major event. You got to see the way the logistics work for something that you are so beyond curious about. And not that we haven't gotten Met Gala episodes in the past, but this felt different. You got the peat of it all. You got, I mean, everything. You got personal life mixed with behind the scenes, mixed with little tidbits of information. It was the perfect episode. I'm just on such a high right now. And I think aside from the fact that I'm obviously so excited to debrief that with you because I know we just finished watching it maybe five minutes ago. Also though, I was felt like I was running on adrenaline that entire episode. Like I was really 
picking up on the anxiety and the nerves and the excitement that they were feeling. And I felt like I was experiencing it at 8 a.m. watching this in my bed. You know what part hit me the hardest? Mm. Kendall having to pee in that car ride. I was honestly watching that thinking to myself, I know the exact circumstance would never have been replicated, but I can't believe we've never had to use the ice bucket for you. Like it feels like something that would have happened at this point. But in the off chance that that ever does happen, we know exactly what to do now. Okay, I want to get into this immediately. I mean, there's really no best way to organize this. I'm looking at the outline and I think, let's just go for what's highlighted in yellow, which is the Pete part first. Um, here's my thing before we even get into it. How fitting that these Pete scenes are coming the morning after we get those first photos of Pete and Emrata. Wait, it feels like Christmas. Are you guys kidding me? On Monday, we are sitting here talking about how all we want, we are fantasizing, sitting here waiting tirelessly for the paparazzi photos of him and Emrata. And then literally we get those, we go to sleep, we wake up and it's him at the Met Gala. That feels personal. The thing with this episode is that obviously, as we all know, I went into this with very low Pete expectations. I always thought I was going to enjoy the episode, but the Pete of it all, I was just... I was keeping my expectations low. And so then each time he came on the screen, it was like a fucking high for me. And I was already on the high from the Emrata picture. So like, I can't even express what's going on for me right now. I get it. I know. I mean, I think we're experiencing it for different reasons, but I'm telling you, I was running on adrenaline that entire episode. It's it's unbelievable how an event that already took place, you already know what the outcome was going to be, and you've seen a lot of behind the scenes, you can still really feel the emotion that they were experiencing in the moment. It's also that even though they're broken up, I think that we are still so intrigued by their relationship and their interactions and what it was like when they were dating. And so even like specifically that first scene where you see him for the first time in the episode and she's like, you look so fucking good. That gave me probably more insight into their relationship than anything else that we've gotten, with the exception of maybe the Ripley's Believe It or Not video. Right. Well, she says to him, and I thank you for transcribing this. You look so fucking handsome, like so cute. He goes, really? She says, yeah. He goes, remember when I asked for your number at the last met and you pretended that you couldn't give it to me because you had gloves on? She's like, I know. Will you ask me again this time? I don't have gloves on. He goes, sure, I will. It was actually the nicest excuse ever. Like I knew it was an excuse, but I remember being, and she cuts him off. She's like, it wasn't an excuse. He goes, I remember being in the car being like, wow, she knows how to make someone feel really good about themselves. I was like, I thought that was really sweet. And she goes, oh, had only I'd known. That was, no, (laughs) for him to reflect back on, first of all, an event that we had known took place again, but had no idea the details of, no idea his feelings of, no idea her feelings of, and for him to recap it for us, I know it was for her, but it was for us, like, thank you. Well, what I wanted to say to him is like, I know historically you have not been at all into the idea of reality or unscripted television, but right there, you just got yourself a producer credit. You have a gift, Pete. Okay, so they're now in the car on their way. And this scene contained what to me was hands down the most interesting line of the entire episode. They're in the backseat of the car. She's in the silk skims robe. He's fully dressed. And they're talking about how stressful it is to do two big events back to back, which they're obviously referencing the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Just as a side note for reference, the White House Correspondents' Dinner was April 30th and the Met was May 2nd. So there were only two nights between the two. And that's when they made their red carpet debut. As you remember, she was in that gorgeous, sparkly Balenciaga gown. He was in that suit with the skinny tie and Vans. And she says, and I quote, 
I really wanted our first red carpet for me to be in brown hair. And like I said, I wanted it to be a non-fashion event. And that's when he says, I wanted us to be getting slammed at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, but to each their own. But that moment where she's explaining what she wanted their first red carpet debut to be, to me, that is like key insight because that is something we had been theorizing on. Well, what's really interesting about it is that when she's talking about how she's pulling an all-nighter to dye her hair blonde, I had figured that the rationale behind not doing it sooner was that she wanted to make the blonde debut at the Met Gala and not have anybody see her at all prior to that as blonde. But what she's saying here is that she specifically wanted to be brunette when her and Pete made their red carpet debut, and that is potentially the entire reasoning behind waiting to go blonde, not not wanting to show off the blonde prior. Well, right, because even last episode when they were showing her dyeing her hair blonde on the floor of the shower, I didn't understand why they were cutting it so down to the wire. Like it seemed overly stressful or more stressful than it needed to be. Now having the context, I totally get it. But to me, that line when she says, you know, I really wanted our first red carpet for me to be in brown hair. And like I said, I wanted it to be a non-fashion event. That was so telling because We know how methodical Kim is and almost the tedious nature of her process. That's something she has let us in on repeatedly. But to me, her saying this was almost an acknowledgement of like knowing what this red carpet debut means in the general pop culture scope and uh, almost like acknowledging how kind of big of a deal this moment was. And so hearing, you know, like the behind the scenes of how she was strategizing exactly what she wanted to look like for that, that felt like such, I don't know, interesting insight for me. Right, especially in contrast to the Met Gala not being their debut. Like it was such a specific choice to have the White House Correspondents Dinner be that debut. Have it done with her brown hair, have it done as a non-fashion event. But what it really was for me was, I think that that moment pulled the curtain back in a way that we really, really aren't used to seeing. Like for example, with the Kardashians, something that we often say and something that's very discussed is when they introduced us to their glam teams and they showed us the behind the scenes of them getting ready, them in glam, it pulled back the curtain on this, like celebs don't just show up to the red carpet and look perfect, you know, idea that we all had in our head. It was like, here's the work that goes into it. And this acknowledgement of what went into and the thought process behind this White House Correspondence Center and their red carpet debut pulled that curtain back even more. It's not just anymore like, and maybe for some celebs, but for Kim, it isn't. It's not just, you know, oh, here's this event we have. Let's do our red carpet debut there. Do you want to walk the carpet with me? Done. It was like, I want it to be this type of event. I want my hair to look exactly like this. I want you to look like this. I want it to be, you know, for this cause, this purpose. Like it, it was as... I'm trying to think if I want to say this. It was as un it was as planned of an event as that you're ever going to get for having it seem so unplanned. And two things on that. First of all, I very much get why she wanted that moment to be that moment and I actually think it makes so much sense that that was their first look. Like there's something about Kim and her classic long brown hair and that type of silhouette dress that just works and felt very fitting. So if I'm her, I totally get it. But also, and I'm curious to hear your opinion on this, not to say she would have wanted their debut to be the Met Gala regardless. I mean, she made it very clear that she wanted it to be a non-fashion event. But I wonder 
if she wasn't going in the Maryland dress and if this wasn't going to be such a moment, like such a historically significant moment, if maybe she would have been more open to it. If, if maybe, you know, assuming she was having her brown hair for the Met and it was a different look and it wasn't this historical artifact that she was wearing. I wonder if she maybe would have been more open to walking it with Pete because maybe in her mind that would have been the perfect debut. I don't know. So it's almost like the blonde hair thing in terms of my thought process where when she made the debut with Pete at the White House Correspondence Center, my initial thought was, and I remember thinking this at the time, and I remember saying it on the podcast, saying this makes so much sense for exactly that reason. She didn't want her big Marilyn moment overshadowed by their red carpet debut. So it almost, I feel like in our mind was like, okay, she picked the next closest event. It didn't seem like to me, the White House Correspondents Dinner carried so much weight that it was so methodically thought out that that's where they would make their debut. It almost to me seemed like, okay, let's just rip the bandaid off before we do the Met Gala so that we can at least have that, you know, element of it covered. But what it is, is that she specifically chose that. She wanted it to be a non-fashion event. She wanted it to be that specific event. And so it almost had absolutely nothing to do with the Met Gala. The Met Gala could have been non-existent and that's still how they would have chosen to make their red carpet debut because of the type of event that it was. Right, and it does make total sense. But I guess my question is, do you think she would have been so hellbent on it being a non-fashion event if the fashion event in question wasn't going to be her potentially most iconic moment? Potentially. I think that part of being so methodical in how they were going to make their debut was the fact that an event like the White House Correspondents Dinner almost gave them legitimacy in the eyes of others, where I think as doing it at the Met Gala, regardless of what she was wearing and what look she was channeling and how iconic her outfit was going to be, still would have elicited almost the exact same response. Here's the thing with Kim, though. She was never going to do something that wasn't iconic. If it wasn't Marilyn, it would have been something else, especially following the black Balenciaga look from the year before. So I don't think there's even a scenario that exists where a thought process exists that, you know, well, maybe the Met Gala won't be as big of a deal and he will make his debut with me. No matter what she wore to that Met Gala, she was still going to be the last one walking it. She was still going to be the biggest conversation piece of the night. And it was still going to be her night. Can I tell you, honestly, a thought that I had in terms of her specifically saying non-fashion event? And you can tell me if you think this is really far out, if you think there's possible legitimacy to it. Yeah, of course. I honestly think there could be an element to it, which is really related to the post Kanye fashion era she's in that we constantly analyze, constantly talk about. But even in this episode, when she's in her confessional and she says, you know, something like Kanye has taught me so much about fashion and I'm really grateful to that, but I'm so excited to now do it on my own. And I really think that not that Pete would have ever had a say in her fashion, but I think there was something so important to her about solidifying this as her first ever met post Kanye. Because even last year when they weren't together, he had some involvement in that Balenciaga look. He was still very much involved with Balenciaga at the time. Whereas this was really her first moment that had nothing to do with Kanye. And I think she knew that if she made her red carpet debut with Pete, not that it would have overshadowed her Marilyn moment, but it had the potential to, I think, take over in a way that maybe she wouldn't have wanted. So I, I don't know. I, I feel that there was something about solidifying her independence in terms of Kanye that probably contributed to that decision in terms of her saying a non-fashion event. Can I give a hot take? Sure. I th I think the response would have been 
pretty much exactly the same, whether that had been the red carpet debut or not. I think the amount of attention that Pete got for walking it with her, the amount of attention they got as a couple and like the distribution of attention, meaning like what was focused on the Pete of it and what was focused on the dress element of it probably would have been exactly the same. You're saying if they hadn't done their debut at the White House Correspondence Center two days before. Yeah. Had that been their debut, I think it would have been almost identical. The only thing that would have changed would have been the headlines would have been like Pete and Kim make their red carpet debut. But it's not like the headlines were just Kim in the Maryland dress. It was like Kim and Pete walked their second red carpet or Kim and Pete walked the Met Gala red carpet together. Like he was still a very, very present part of the narrative. Whereas had they walked it together as their red carpet debut, I just don't think it would have made that much of a difference. I don't know exactly where I land on that because I agree with you that it probably wouldn't have been covered so differently, but I do still think having the White House debut kind of softened the blow. Honestly, though, all of that is irrelevant because it's about how she perceived that it would be viewed or what she wanted to cement as their moment. And to me, getting that intel is like, that is the kind of shit we live for because that is strategy. And we always say we want nothing more than to be on the insides of these kind of strategic PR meetings. And that one line she said to him in the car kind of felt that way to me. So Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. 
Wait, also, before we move on, the one last thing that I wanted to mention about that scene is when they're discussing how crazy it is to do both events, Kim says, yeah, we're never doing the White House Correspondents Dinner again, which AK was like, next year and in the future, we are picking the Met Gala over the White House Correspondents Dinner because I think they are exactly the same time every single year. I believe this year it is that same Saturday before the Met for the White House Correspondents Dinner. Right, which is interesting for two reasons. One, because it kind of shows us what event she prioritizes, but also because I think she was saying that with full intention of them being together next year. Right. They, she clearly was, I think. And it's almost like, duh, because otherwise she wouldn't have had him walk the red carpet with her for this moment, which we spoke about a million times being such a big deal in terms of the way she viewed him. But also, I think there was absolutely no part of her at this point in time that thought that by this time next year, they would be broken up. And certainly no part of her that thought by the end of the year, he would be being spotted with Emrata. Well, certainly, <laughs> certainly not that. I actually don't think it's the craziest thing that if this year Kim were to go to the White House Correspondents Dinner and then to the Met Gala, assuming that she didn't have to do a hair color change, because we've seen her do much tighter turnarounds. It will be really interesting now with that knowledge, seeing if she does that or not. Well, I also think, not to say that that probably wasn't very overwhelming, but I also think he was significantly more overwhelmed by the attention of it all than she was, right? So like, not to say that she can't separate the two, but I have to imagine on some level, she was also picking up on the anxiety or the overwhelmed feeling that he was having. Right. I'm just thinking now, like, how does Kim top Marilyn for next year? Like, I'm already stressed about the Met Gala. I, I can tell you there's literally nothing I have been less stressed about because I know that whatever she'll do, it'll be unbelievable. That concept of having to constantly outdo yourself and top yourself is really stressful to me. Like to have to constantly be coming up with ideas to do it bigger and better than the year before and crazier and make more of a splash. Like how? I don't know, but I think that it just goes to show the confidence that she feels in the team around her. You know what I could say? I could see her bringing North next year. Oh, absolutely. Especially because our preview for the finale is them in Paris Fashion Week together. Oh, I I think that's what's going to happen. I'm calling it now. Going back to the concept of Kim having such confidence in the people around her and really curating this team that she feels so good about. To me, that was never more on display than in this episode. As we know, Chloe is sharing Kim's glam. And even when they FaceTime Courtney, she says something like, wow, you guys are sharing glam. That's so OG days of you, which sounds like a ridiculous comment. But if you've watched the show religiously, you know how right she is in saying that. But to me, it's like exactly that point. Chloe was so anxious about this, even to convince her to go was a huge deal. And immediately when Kim said to her last episode or the episode before, like, you're going to have my glam. I think that took so much of the pressure off of her. You know, it was interesting that that was a selling point for her because I've never felt like Chloe lacked any sort of confidence in her own glam team. I don't think it's at all a lacking confidence in her own team. I think it's that when it comes to this specifically, she knows like there's nothing like Kim's people. Right. But the thing that I didn't really understand is like, to me, there's nothing more stressful in that moment than sharing a glam team. Don't you want your people to be entirely (laughs) dedicated to you and not to have to manage two at once? Like I understand why she wanted that, but to me, there's no world in which that would have brought me more calmness. Yeah, I I didn't understand it either. The only thing that made sense to me in that moment was that 
for Chloe being almost attached to Kim at the hip for the entire getting ready process was her most calming place. And so it would have been way too much to have two separate glam teams in that specific room together, working together, where Chloe would have rather been with Kim, had that comforting presence right there by her side every single step of the way, telling her what looks good, what doesn't look good, what she should do versus being in a separate room with her own glam team. Because there was absolutely zero scenario in which two glam teams are going to be in a room. Right. That makes sense. Like if she's balancing what brings her the most calmness, I do think that being with Kim trumps all. Right. Well, that was probably the biggest takeaway of the episode besides the Pete stuff for me was just Kim is Chloe's ultimate hype woman to a point where like I it is such a pleasure to see like it is to watch Kim fawn over Chloe and work so hard to get her confidence back and hype her up every single step of the way was like I know all of them do it and it was such a constant throughout this episode, but Kim does it in such a specific way where I think she actually does get through to Chloe. I think the whole reason that Chloe was able to do the Met in the first place was entirely due to Kim's hyping her up. Okay, so I very much agree with that. I also think it's because of the way that Chloe views Kim, not to say that she doesn't view the rest of them in a really positive light, but I think that Kim's word just carries a little bit more weight. But... Honestly, one of my biggest takeaways was the way that everyone banded around Chloe. You know, like they knew what this meant for her and they were hell bent on making sure, even before their own kind of need for validation or need for praise, that she was really feeling so confident in who she was. And I think that's really special. Oh, it was so special. When Kim gets back to the hotel after the Met and says, Besides the Marilyn moment, of course, my favorite part of the night was watching Chloe be so confident and so assured in herself and so beautiful and so happy to be there. Like, that was so genuine of Kim. Like, I truly believe that that was such a highlight for all of them. Well, think about it. POV, you are Kim Kardashian. You are on your way to the Met, about to go into a little secret room on the side of the carpet to try on Marilyn Monroe's most iconic dress. And you are still feverishly texting Chloe and all of her people to make absolute positive that she does not wear the sunglasses on the red carpet. Like, to me, that that tiny little anecdote is the most representative of all of this. The sunglasses was interesting. But isn't that so Chloe? Think about it. She is the one out of all of them, maybe with the exception of Kylie, that is constantly wearing them. No, I mean, it it made sense. It was just interesting to me that that would have been such a point of security for her. I think that it, it for her, it forms almost like this physical barrier. And also because I think your eyes are very telling in terms of, you know, your inner monologue at times. And so to be able to cover that, I think it just gives her an added layer of security. What's funny is that had she worn the sunglasses, that would have been the piece of it that was the most criticized. I know. It was one million percent the move to not. A hundred thousand percent. I wish Kendall had taken that advice and not bleached her eyebrows, although she seemed confident in that decision. I think that's an us thing, though. Like, it, I think that that is a high fashion understanding that we like acknowledge we just don't get, but it makes sense for the moment. But us is not just me and you. Us is the general public. And those that are pro-bleached eyebrows are only the people that are in the situations where they're bleaching their eyebrows. Like there are some high fashion red carpet looks where me and you may not get it or a couple of people may not get it. Or if you're not attuned to it, you don't get it. But like, if you're really in the scene and you really pay attention to this stuff, like 
you love it, you get it, you fawn over. I don't know one single person that isn't actively bleaching their eyebrows on a red carpet or a runway that likes the look. Even Isabel isn't like not sitting here defending this look and Isabel will go to the depths of the earth sometimes to defend things that you and I don't get. I know, but I think that for Kendall, she's not doing it for the people like us at home. She's doing it for the highest fashion critics and the other people that probably would bleach their eyebrows. You know what I mean? Like when you're specifically walking the Met Gala red carpet, that's who you're appealing to. And I think in their eyes, it totally works. Which by the way, Kendall could have had bleached eyebrows, not bleached eyebrows. To me, she was still one of the absolute best dressed there. Oh, I so agree. I just, I cannot help but think about without them. I just think it's a trend that we're all ready to let go. I personally am. I don't know, Julie. I'm seeing a lot of TikToks. People are getting on board. The TikToks are? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. My, (laughs) we'll get off of this topic in one second. I just want to say my view on the bleached eyebrow thing is like the truest form of, you know what? As long as it doesn't affect me, I don't care. The second you try to put bleach on my eyebrows, that's when I'm raising hell. You want to do it to yourself? Go fucking crazy. It doesn't impact me. Just do not try to convince me to do it because you're never going to win. You're really good at not being affected by the things that other people do. And I feel very affected by the things that have nothing to do with me that other people do. (laughs) I know. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. There's so much more here in terms of the getting ready process. Like we obviously have to talk about Courtney and Travis and Kylie. And then the after when they're eating the donuts and we see the infamous shower moment is not in fact cut, but... I think let's pivot for a second to them receiving the verdict. Yes. That was exhilarating. I felt like I was in the goddamn room. When they were jumping up and down, I was like, what do we win? What do we, like, I thought we won the lotto for a second. Like, I was so excited. I was like, why am I so excited? I knew exactly what was going to happen. And also like, 
if God forbid, God forbid they had lost, like they would have been okay too. I was both so excited for them and then also so nervous that Kim was going to fuck up her bun from jumping. When Chris was crying in the car, I'm like, no, not now, Chris, get it together. (laughs) I know that is exactly how I felt. I was like, I get how emotional this is, but now is not the time. Like, had you lost and you were crying? Okay, I can excuse emotional tears in a moment like this, but happy tears? No, no, there's a time and a place for that. It's so funny also how Courtney was completely (laughs) removed from that. Like, she was not even a part of the celebration. No, Courtney, this episode killed me. I'm sorry. I know that we're on the verdict right now, but when (laughs) her and Travis are getting out of the car and she's like, you know, (laughs) she's like... I don't want to mess up my lipstick. I don't want to get lipstick on him. So like a tongue kiss. I'm like, that is the least rational solution that anyone's ever arrived at. Just don't kiss. (laughs) I know. And she said it so surely also. (laughs) You know what really took me out actually was (laughs) that that wasn't like a four red carpet only thing. Like they did that in the car too. Oh, she was serious about it. But, you know, I've been thinking a lot, and I'm sorry, we'll get back to the verdict in one second. I've been thinking a lot about <laughs> the Courtney plot lines recently and how I've been so into Courtney and Travis. And what I realized this episode is I'm still into seeing them. But the second you give me a personal life insight into somebody else, aka Kim and Pete, they immediately take a backseat. It was just that we weren't getting any of that. And Courtney decided to step up and be the only one to give us a personal life insight. Right. You're saying in terms of like the format of an episode, whereas if everyone's willing to give us personal life, we're probably going to be more invested in a Kim and Pete. But if everyone else isn't really stepping up, very much appreciative of Courtney and Travis's dress fitting. Although I would have been appreciative of that regardless. I think I would have been too, but I don't think I would have been as maybe fixated on it. I feel like especially now seeing the Kim and Pete and the way that it change the whole episode and almost honestly turn the season around, I feel so indebted to Courtney because I'm like, you fucking stepped up this season in a way that nobody else expected you to. And you deserve your accolades for that. The way I said last week that they are chill pills in human form to one another, Courtney and Travis, was so on display this episode. Right. And that's what Courtney says is her favorite thing about Travis, which I completely get, which is just like his entire attitude towards everything they're doing is like, We're just doing this for us and we're doing this for fun and it's not that serious. Like when Courtney says, okay, what's the worst that happens here? Like I tripped down the red carpet and I tripped down the stairs and I laugh. Like, yes, yes, Jason Derulo. (laughs) There's something about that though. And and I, you know, it's not necessarily the fairest comparison. That was hilarious, Jason Derulo. I had a delayed (laughs) reaction to that. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) It just killed me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, what I was going to say is like, I know it's not really a fair comparison because Courtney pre-Travis is not at all equivalent to Chloe ever in terms of like their anxiety levels. Even I think at Courtney's most anxious, it doesn't compare with the way that Chloe would feel before, you know, this type of an event. But I... I see that and it's like my mind is split. On one hand, I am so deeply happy for Courtney that she has it. And then immediately I move on to... I want Chloe to have someone like that. Not that another human being is going to cure her anxiety at all. Like, I don't think that that's the fix. But I do think when you have someone that you know thinks the absolute world of you and their love and adoration of you is unconditional, it, I do think that it can be very empowering. And on top of that, it can be very calming in moments like that because you can zoom in on like, this is just me and you. And I think the absence of that 
it's not the reason for her feeling like this, but I definitely think that it adds to it. Oh, I think absolutely. And I I think that maybe that's something that Chloe was picking up on, although it's not something she specifically said, but to see Travis and Courtney have each other, to see Kim and Pete have each other in that moment, to see Chris and Corey have each other in that moment, I do think that it was something that would have made her feel really secure, especially because it's not like Chloe was insistent on going at this alone. Like she was very reliant as she should have been on the support of her sisters, doing glam with Kim, walking out with Kylie. All of that was very comforting for her. So I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, she needs a man in her life. But I think the idea of having that constant comfort is something that she really craves. And I think that's also part of the reason why it's took her so long to get over Tristan and it took her, you know, unlearning to love him because that was such a constant for her for so many years to just know that he was going to be there by her side and to not have that anymore, I think is a really big loss for her. It's a really big absence. Right. But I think on top of that, one of the reasons that the damage he did was so deep and cut her so deep is because it's not like the worst thing is not having someone. For a lot of people, that's a choice. That's what they want. The worst thing to me is having someone that's supposed to be that person for you and then proving that they're not. That hurts way deeper than not having someone can ever hurt. A hundred percent. Yes. It's like he gave her that comfort and then ripped it from her in the worst, most intrusive way. Oh, it really, it kills me to think about. And I wonder if they had still been together. Let's say that the Marilee Nichols cheating and the baby had never happened and they had gotten back together, had the baby together. Would they be making this Met Gala red carpet together or would that be something where the scrutiny of him was still so present in her mind and the scrutiny of their relationship that she would have never even done that in the first place? It's so hard to say, but honestly, if I were a betting man, I would say that she would not have walked it with him for that reason. Yeah, I don't think so either. There's no way to me. Also, are you allowed to bring up a non-invited plus one or, or it's that the person has to be approved. You think Anna Wintour is approving Tristan? No fucking way. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'd have to assume no, but you never, I guess you never. I mean, it's a hypothetical scenario we'll never get an answer to. And I'm glad. I don't want Hopefully. the answer to it. I, I would have been so upset if her moment was overshadowed by negative criticism about, you know, her choosing to do with him. Like, if you actually looked at the coverage from that day, I do think that... Chloe was the one that was most kindly covered because even for Kim, you know, which objectively was such a moment, there were a lot of haters that were not at all into her wearing that dress and felt that it was, you know, really wrong, like from a historical perspective. I actually think that day, with the exception of Kendall, Chloe was the, you know, Kardashian Jenner that got the most praise from the media or like in happening live on Twitter, which is not really a fair or necessary gauge, but in her mind it is because that's the stuff that sticks with her. Right. And even at the end of the episode, she's the one that says, I feel like the Met Gala was the little confidence boost that I needed. And not to say that it's going to change the entire trajectory of the way she looks at red carpets and the way she presents herself and the way she is able to ignore the media and the paparazzi, whatever. No, it's not going to do that. But I do think that the ability to feel really good in your skin at an event that big and have really positive feedback after is going to help her continue to get over that hump. Yeah. I mean, to me, 
let me be really clear. I am so happy Chloe went. I thought she looked magnificent. It made me so happy for so many reasons. But I do think this was a very high risk, high reward thing, which I know sounds like a ridiculous statement. It's the Met Gal. But what I mean is the reward of what she got from the praise and the way that the public received her, I think was huge and probably did, like you're saying, you know, give her some additional ammunition in her tank of feeling excited to go to these events. But the risk was that if she wasn't received in that way on this large of a scale, I hate to say it, but I do think it has the potential to have really shut her down even more so in terms of not wanting to do these things, you know? And that's why going back to having Kim's glam, you know, having the the fittings before, like everything was so perfect that she almost knew it's unbreakable. Right, right. Which is an amazing feeling. And, and that's the thing about Kim. Kim was not letting her walk out of that hotel room looking anything less than 100%. And Kim is honest enough as seen with the sunglasses, to make sure that that happened. It wasn't like Kim was sitting there saying, you know what, whatever makes you feel the best, if you want to wear those sunglasses and you want to feel confident in them and that helps you, go right ahead. No, Kim was saying, get those sunglasses off, you look beautiful, and this will take your look down a notch, and I will not let that happen. Right, and also you didn't have Mario do your eyes to wear sunglasses over them. That's really the point here. Right, it's almost offensive to Mario. Right, (laughs) right, you're going to offend Mario like that? That's the strongest argument in all of this. You're 110% right. Which, as a side note, obviously, this is not a plug and not an ad. I just want to say that I bought his new Ethereal Eyes palette, and (laughs) it is very ethereal. (laughs) Have you used the contour (laughs) stick yet? Yes, you got it for me, and I'm so grateful. I I haven't been using some a little tan right now, so I haven't been using like anything on my face, just my eyes. But when I did, I loved it. It was so smooth. I'm so happy. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. 
Okay, we'll get to post-met in a minute, but I, I just want to go through some bullet points of other things that I wanted to mention. There's no way to do this. Like I know it's chaotic in terms of the organization, but there's just so much to mention here. I can't do it in a linear fashion. But you know what? The episode was in no way, shape, or form linear. It was definitely jumping all over the place. I know it was organized by like getting ready to go, in the car to go, at the Met Gala, after the Met Gala. But everything that happened within those scenes was like very jumping back and forth. It was jumping from sister to sister. It was jumping from verdict to not verdict. Like I I had a hard time following. So you know what? We're just going to talk about it as chaotically as the episode was given to us. Okay. I love that. Thing number one is when Kim says that she had the tailor sew on rhinestones to her skims, that right there is the tiny little behind the scenes insight that I fucking live for. And a really small glimpse into how her mind works because that was obviously genius. Second thing is just Kylie, which there's nothing overly specific. I know she wasn't the focal point of the episode, but to me, I think I was just really taken by you know, how seriously she took the act of honoring Virgil and how important that was and how special that was to her, which like, I didn't have that context watching Night Of because I wasn't a fan of the look. I'm still not a fan of the look, but I was so not focused on that. I was so much more focused on, I think, just how emotional and how impactful of an experience this was for her. Like, I honestly, I'm not just saying this. Yeah, I I didn't like the look, but it didn't even matter. Right. It had nothing to do with it. And she said that she was like, this night has also nothing to do with me. It's all about honoring Virgil, which I thought was really beautiful. And I think that she did it perfectly. Can I tell you what my second takeaway of Kylie is? Of course. She's fucking funny. She's so funny. I know. I don't know why, but that one scene where Kim has like the museum set up and she's inviting everybody to come in under like the most strict guidelines of all time. And Kylie comes into the museum. Kim yells at her the entire time. And then Kylie just says to herself, that was a nice little museum tour that we just had and then walks out. I was like, you have perfect one liners. Why do we not see that more? (laughs) When Kim's like, I know you have the money to pay for it, but (laughs) don't even think about it. Like Kylie's the funny sister, by the way. Courtney, though. Courtney's funny. Courtney's, they're honestly, all with the exception of Kendall, like funny. Even Kim's funny. No, by the way, (laughs) there is nothing. There is absolutely nothing more classic than we're getting ready for the Met Gala. We're so excited. This is really Kendall's time to shine. And so we go to her glam team. I'm like, okay, you know what? Other Kendall scenes be damned. This is her time. And this motherfucker looks me dead in the eye and says that she is having horse IVF with a surrogate? No. <laughs> no. No. I'll I'll give it to her though. I was definitely not expecting that. She caught me off guard. <laughs> You're gonna tell me Jen Ad can ask you what you want for your birthday and you say horse sperm? <laughs> <laughs> no, Julie, you have to stop. <laughs> No. And then and then she has the audacity to say, but we're using a surrogate. Oh my God. No, that took me out. It was just not what I was expecting to be going on, you know, while the Prada dress is just feet away. And it also was so early in the episode, and I was it was like right when I woke up that I was like, wait, did I dream that? And then like, it was real. <laughs> no, it, it was very much real. It was very much real. Oh, other thing we have to talk about is the driver missing the drop-off location. When I tell you, I can't think of 
a, a role in the world that I would want less than being the driver that misses the drop-off location for Kim's Maryland moment. Like my entire heart was with him. That was one of the most stressed I've ever been in my entire life. I think that was the first time we've heard Kim like raise her voice. I also would have loved footage of when she says, you know, she had security and everyone take off their jackets that it could serve as almost like a, a human shield. Very similar to at Haley Bieber's wedding when she was walking, I guess, from Glam to the venue and they kind of had that that tent in South Carolina. But yeah, that was very overwhelming. My heart rate got up at that point. It really did. And also like Pete being there specifically for that moment, I don't know, changed things for me. Like I, I, it was the most stressful moment I could possibly imagine at the Met. And he was just like, for one moment, a side character of that stress. Like he wasn't Pete, he was part of her team then. That's what it was. Yeah. And also the fact that he was privy to seeing her in that moment. Do you think that we get any of the breakup next week? No. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't even, I'm still, I am still reeling from this episode. I haven't thought that far ahead. I mean, we watched that at what, 7 a.m. We finished the outline at nine. We started recording like 9, 12. This was the most like anxious that we have been to record an episode. Here's the thing. I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. I know. It's the exact same time period. Isn't it a little crazy if we don't get at least one line in the season finale about their breakup? Well, Paris Fashion Week, which is going to be the finale, was beginning of July. The baby was born end of July, and the breakup was August. So since the finale, as we saw in the first episode, was supposed to be the baby being born, it's possible that we just missed the breakup. I don't know. I think it could go either way. I think if they chose not to say anything, it would be totally fine, and it wouldn't feel like we were missing something. If she wanted to do a little confessional, I mean, I'd obviously love that. I don't know. I have no expectation for that, though. Right. I guess they could get away with technically not. And also, like, I'm not expecting an episode about the breakup, but I, I a one line, one confessional, one thing acknowledging it, I think would would be the right thing to do, whether it's this season or next season. Oh, well, next season is a different story. I'm just talking about this season. Right. The only thing with next season is that it's not like we automatically pick up right where we left off. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's a good question. I mean, we'll know when seven days from now, if there's going to be a line, even like I said, a Kim post credits. Oh, I cannot wait. Okay. So post met, they come back, we get the infamous shower line, which I honestly don't think there was more to that even filmed than what we saw. Like, I, I really don't. I th- I don't think they were cutting it short for us. I, I genuinely think that was the entire interaction that was filmed. Don't you? I think so too. I was so fucking happy that we got that. And even the after where Chloe is saying something to Kim and she's like, I want to know what you guys did in the shower. And Kim was like, are you kidding? She's like, no, that was a shower. That was short. I'm like, give me a timeline breakdown of what it would have been had it not been a short shower. (laughs) I know. I know. I mean, obviously, I think we can draw on personal experiences for that a little bit. No? A little bit. But I want it to be Kim and Pete specifically. I want – take me through a night. Wait, so – when they're sitting down and I knew she had Donuttery, obviously, but I didn't realize that she literally brought Donuttery to the room. I think I forgot that. I know she must have posted it on her story. Let me tell you guys something. Those are worth the hype. They are unfucking believable 
I cannot imagine getting back from an event like that, walking into your hotel room and waiting for you. I, you're right. I thought that it was just a box of donut right there. There was no part of me that was like, she is going to get back to that room and they're just going to be making them like it's the store. You know how wealthy you have to be to bring a donut factory to the Ritz? <laughs> like, that's crazy. Also, did you notice when she said, when she said, uh, like, yeah, yeah, they're coming to my floor. I think she bought out the whole floor. I think she always buys out the whole floor for an event like this, at least. Also interesting that Kendall stayed at the Carlisle, but everybody else stayed at the Ritz. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I mean, Kim loves the Ritz. That's, I feel like, her go-to in New York. Kendall may have been a decision based off her friends. Like, I'm sure that Gigi, Bella, Cara, all of them being at the Carlisle, I'm sure, the Carlisle and the Mark had something to do with that. Yeah. Wait, the other thing is when they're sitting on the floor, they're just eating the pizza in their robes, in their sweatsuits, and they're talking about the verdict. Like, again, going back to your point earlier about how, like, Kendall peeing in the bucket was the most relatable slash unrelatable thing ever. Like, that's how I felt about this moment as well. It's like, we all know exactly that feeling of a post-event shit talk or just a post-event debrief. There's nothing like that when you finally change into sweatpants, you're sitting, eating, talking, like that is the absolute best. Obviously for them, they're talking about the Met and then defeating Black China and the $100 million trial. But I, it's, I loved that moment. I adored that moment. It, it almost made me want to go out so that I could have an after or next morning debrief because to sit there, all of them on the floor in sweatpants, eating pizza, I was like, I want to be doing this with you guys more than I can ever explain. There's not a lot of events that they do where I'm like, I want to personally be there with you. Like, I don't want to walk the red carpet. I honestly, like, I'm not going to say no to a McAllen invitation, but I don't fantasize about doing it. Like, there's very few things where they do where I fantasize. The idea of sitting in sweatpants with them on the hotel floor, debriefing the night, eating pizza is like, I, I would pay top dollar for that, for that one with, experience. With Donuttery, which is like my personal heaven. No, I mean, that is genuinely um, the dream. I loved this. I loved every second of this. I don't know how other people are going to feel because I feel like in general, people have been more displeased with this season than we have been. I think that we are probably more easily entertained when it comes to Kardashian content. And I fully acknowledge that. But like, to me, this was a really good episode, for, like objectively. You know, you're right that other people have been more disappointed in this season than we have. I will say, however, that this episode highlighted the fact that we've been going a little easy on them. Yeah, that's probably true. But it's I'm not intentionally. Like, remember the, the week that we were off? And it, to me, I said it was like, I genuinely think the worst episode of Kardashians that's ever existed. Like I, we were watching it in Palm Springs and I was watching it with other people. And I was like mortified that I, I was so excited to watch it with them. And then that was the episode. It was, I think maybe episode two or episode three. Yes. Yes. I remember. I the think episode of, three. Yeah. It was the week of September 27th. Like that's a bad episode to me, even when they're not overly exciting. Like, I guess I'm just so interested in the little details that I'm happy to happy to watch it, but you can not, not judge an episode, but you can maybe analyze an episode by like the ease with which you can recap it, meaning how many details are there to actually talk about. It. And this one, I mean, we could talk for three hours. 
I think what we've been doing is that we've been obviously fixating on the best parts of the episode, like really searching for those hidden gems and really explaining the parts of the episode that we loved and trying not to fixate on like what makes it different than last season or what makes it different from an episode that we love. And so I think we've been able to do that with most of the episodes, except for that one episode that you were describing. This was an example where like, you didn't have to search for it. You didn't have to like have a discussion about what was right and what worked and what we didn't have to talk about. Like every single thing that happened in this episode was worth discussing. Everything that happened in this episode was a positive, was a plus, was a 10. It just felt very, very free flowing and seamless. And you really felt like you were just a fly on the wall throughout this process. But also you felt like there were moments she was speaking right to you. Like when they're in the prayer circle and Mario's like, because if anyone in the world can do it, it's Kim. And she opens her eyes and looks at the camera and she's like, I know that's right. You know? I love those moments. Yeah. <laughs> Did I just say, I know that's right. Is that why I just said that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. I think okay, so. Is there, <laughs> is there anything else you want to mention? No, I think that's it, kid. Wow. What a thrill. What a thrill. I am so happy that just happened. I can't believe next week's already the finale. I know. It's so unfortunate. But, you know, as I say every week, let's all just join in collective hope that season three will come sooner rather than later. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay, we love you guys. We'll be back for Bravo. And then Julie and I will be back on Monday for a regular episode. Thank you for listening and letting us do this and watching this Oh, unbelievably entertaining content with us. <laughs> <laughs>